0: In 1970, 306 girls received diplomas bearing the name Miller Senior High School, and 261 boys received diplomas from Lanier Senior High School. This would be the last time the names of these historic schools would appear in this form. Hello, I'm Ben Sandifer, a member of the Miller Lanier Class of 70, and this is a special 50th anniversary podcast about this unique class. We'll share some of the other first and last during this program. But let's begin with some of our classmates who tell us what makes being part of this class so special.
1: My name is Carol Rye Kennedy. And for some reason, this group of people, even the elementary groups of these people, seem to be a lot closer than any other group that went to high school. I don't know if it's because we were the last graduating class, of millionaire or if it was just the type of people we are. Old friends are the best. Diane Smith Clark. What separated us in high school going to all-boy and all-girl high schools with 500 plus students? All that has just long since faded and who we were is no longer who we are now.
2: Hustle fussle. What's special is the uh, type of people that make up this class and the associations we have and just the friendliness.
1: My name is Dale McDaniel Watts. I love being a part of this class. High school was fun. It's a sweet group of people. I enjoyed it then and I'm so happy to be reunited with everybody now. My name is Renee Taylor Payton. I enjoyed all my years at Miller and the mixing with Lanier and the band and all when I was a majorette and I did marry uh, my spouse, Gerald He's from the same class, and I enjoy all the get-togethers we've had with other the members of this class. Almost 50 years later, that we're still enjoying those members.
2: I'm Gerald Payton. What makes it special to me is uh, during the high school years, my wife, who was part of this class, was a majorette, and I got to keep her warm at the football games.
1: I'm Beth Sutton, and what made it special for me... It was the friends that we made back in high school that are still in our hearts today. It never changes. When you see one of those friends back from high school, it feels like it was just yesterday we were together. My
3: name is Hildred Jones. Uh, Being a part of this class is uh, really inspiring because I never knew that so many people had so much
0: information that I was unaware of. Uh, Steve MacArthur, In the military program, everybody had to do ROTC and... I think it just built a lot of camaraderie because everybody was kind of in the same boat. Army ROTC had been a part of Lanier High School since 1917. Ours was the last class with mandatory ROTC. Major David Carter was assigned to Lanier as the professor of military science in 1962
4: as an operation and intelligence officer. I uh, got my assignment to Macon, Georgia as an infantry advisor to uh, the reserve unit over on Riverside Drive. I was to report in, and the, the commander general uh, of the uh, reserve and uh, ROTC units called me in and said, I want you to go by and talk to a principal of a high school ROTC unit that's been down there for a long time, and uh, that principal down there can't seem to be satisfied with any of the people we're sending for interview for that job. I interviewed with a, a gentleman that one of the finest men I've ever met in my life, A.J. Swan, an outstanding person. He was a reserve colonel. He interviewed with me and he said, uh, Said, you know, said I really like you. Said, I think you'd like this job. Won't you give it a try? Uh, he said, uh, "This is a prestigious position, professor Milter of military science." Of, uh, Lanier was one of probably a hundred units we had in those years, 1962. No Air Force, Navy, Marine, ROTCs. It was all Army.
0: But that exclusivity
4: would soon change in 19. 19- 64 they the Congress decided that they would start ROTC with the Navy and the marines and Air Force sponsoring units so that started uh, other schools having ROTC and that's when I started uh, drill competition uh, back when uh, 1965 when Sonny Carter the astronaut was uh in the ROTC. He graduated '65. He was a drill team commander. We already had a team called Golden Boots, and we continued with that name, Golden Boots. But we won seven national championships. Uh, we won one national championship in rifle shooting.
0: And what made the program work so well for so long? I had nine regular army sergeants,
4: good ones. It was uh, one of the the better things I've ever done in my life. Being associated with, I had over 1,300 ROTC cadets.
0: It was said that at one time, there were more commissioned officers in the military from Lanier than any other high school in the country.
4: I like to think that that's true. Many of them, made major, major, colonel, generals...
0: But most of them still
4: said sir to
0: me. One thing many of us did not know about Major Carter, while he was at Lanier, he also served as a military notification officer for all of Middle Georgia.
4: During that period of time, and that's one of the one of the hardest jobs I've ever had uh, to, to notify a person and that uh, their son had been uh, or their uh, husband had been uh, killed in combat. And I would try to work through that. Uh, I would help with the survivor assistance, and and fortunately, I only had one that was uh, one of my students.
0: And to sum up the ROTC program at Lanier, Major Carter had this to say:
4: Being uh, assigned to a, a high school and, and with the prestige and uh, the association with so many. And I I get a a great feeling that that all of them think it was worthwhile.
0: I believe I'm correct in saying that the Miller-Lanier class of 1970 was the first and only one in the school's history to get national television exposure. In his junior year, Lanier poet running back Isaac Jackson had 21 touchdowns and nearly 2,000 yards rushing. There was no such thing as ESPN back then, but in the fall of 1969, the beginning of our senior year, CBS Television ran a feature on our classmate, See Isaac Run. Isaac Jackson was just 47 when he passed away in 1999. We caught up with Isaac's son, Jamal, by phone at his home in Colorado.
5: For me growing up, it it was a little bit different because he was so humble about his experiences. He didn't really talk a lot about what his accomplishments were. As far as his high school experience, a lot of that came along as a result of me watching the C. Isaac Run highlight, which he converted from a reel to VHS. And it wasn't until my young adult years until I really realized what that highlight was about. There's a lot of things that I didn't know about, which has resulted in me doing a lot of research and connecting with people that my father has gone to high school with. Now,
0: when you look at those highlights, what was so special about your dad as a high school football player?
5: During that time frame, you had a lot of running backs that were six two, two hundred and fifty, you know, and they're they're running power I formation right up the gut. And when I think about my father, I I feel like he was a running back ahead of his time. Um, And I refer to him as the Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders. Phenomenal runner, good footwork, and most importantly, his attitude and effort. You can't coach attitude and effort, and. That's something that he had and you, you never had to question. And when you add that with the athletic ability, like I, I think that's why people referred to him as the best running back to ever come out of Macon, Georgia.
0: Now, I understand you are using C. Isaac Run and some other video to put together a documentary on your dad. What's the status of that?
5: Um, there's still a, a lot of work that needs to be done, and, and I'm working on it slowly but surely. But, yes, I do have a couple of, um, highlight clips and about a seven, a seven minute reel, um, on my website. It's a uh, sacounseling.org. And there's a C. Isaac Run tab that you can go to to, to check that out. Some things that I, I put out there just for people to be able to remember that experience, um, as well as to, uh, generate some traction to, uh, what it means to be a student athlete and what people need to pay attention to. It wasn't just my father that was an exceptional athlete. There's so many great athletes that came from that Lanier team um, that went on to go to different big time universities. And a lot of people don't know about it. And even when I came back in 2016 to release the C. Isaac Run highlight, I went in and talked to the, the students and it's now called Central High School, but I went in to talk to them. They didn't even know who those guys were, and it's like, man, we need to preserve this history to make sure that people know it so that they can be proud of it, and it can be something that's motivating them to, to push forward.
0: Jamal, did you follow in your father's footsteps? Did you play football?
5: I had asked at a young age to play football. I think I was maybe in the third grade um by that point in time i was already playing baseball i was playing soccer adding another one on just it wasn't realistic on top of the fact that my dad didn't he didn't want me to participate in football at such a young age he wanted me to to get older develop and he just didn't want me to take some of those hard hits that you get at a young age and by the time i got to high school i was burned out on most other sports i actually broke my arm playing soccer um After that, I, I asked him again, and he was like, okay, you can play. And so he got to see me play my sophomore year. Um, I played JV, played a couple of snaps on varsity. My last game that he saw me play actually was had mm-hmm. a phenomenal game. I, I, and I had double-digit tackles. I was playing outside linebacker, and we had started having some discussions on what the following season would look like, and he passed away. The first day of of winter break. And so that kind of changed some things for me.
0: Now, in addition to athletics, what was the other similarity or parallel that you and your dad had?
5: My grandfather, his dad passed away when he was 16, and my father passed away when I was 16. And so to be a, a student athlete and trying to navigate society without that father figure is difficult. And that just because We can run really fast or hit a ball out of the park or dunk a basketball. It doesn't mean that we're not human beings. We still have those same experiences. Jamal,
0: what would you want Isaac Jackson's classmates to remember most about him as both an athlete and a person?
5: I think him being a great student athlete, that was a lot of pressure for him to deal with. And I know he wasn't the first African American to integrate Lanier, but to be one of the first and to play on the level that he played on, I know that was something that had to have been very, very difficult because everybody's watching and he's trying not to make a mistake and trying to do things the right way. And I think about him every day. It's not a day that goes by that I don't. Um, He was my best friend. Um, He was the person that that gave me all the guidance that I felt that I needed he wanted me to be a good person first and foremost. Just do the right thing and make sure that you're, you're giving your all to everything that you're in, whether that be your education or whether that be um, on the sports field or whether that be in your friendships, just be a good person. <laughs>
0: Isaac's son, Jamal Jackson, is a student athlete counselor in Colorado. And once again, the website where you can see some of those highlights, sacounseling.org, and then click on the See Isaac Run tab on the homepage. And now, some more classmates from the Miller Lanier Class of 1970.
1: I'm Kathy Utley Hanson. And being part of this class is because I have had friends for over 50 years that are still my best friends and I thoroughly enjoy having them around and in their company. Debbie McDaniel Holmes and what makes it special of this class is that we were the last one. Boys separated girls class and also as going to a school for all girls there were a lot more opportunities for girls like I played in the band. I was drum major of the girls band. Being just all girls, you didn't worry about appearances as much. You just worried more about your studies.
0: Claude Smith. I like the camaraderie that has been maintained over the 50 years because it was such a great class. And everybody seemed to know each other so well and get along very well. And it's maintained that type of camaraderie all through the years.
1: This is JJ Fredrickson speaking. I was known in high school as Judy Birch about three days before our senior year was over. I was waiting for a ride out behind the parking lot behind Miller, sitting on a wall, a retaining wall of somebody's yard. And I looked back at the back of Miller and I just sat there and cried because I had loved every minute of being involved in Miller High School and being adjacent to Lanier. Everything that we shared was so special and when I got to college and talked with other people. They did not have the positive experiences that we had. I am Denise Smith, sorry-ness. What is so special is the history and remembering the gym clothes and the men or the boys running around in the parking lot in
3: the morning.
4: I'm Ben Balcom and just being around all these people and the memories we've had and the good times we all shared and the friendships we've made that have lasted 50 years.
3: Susan Honeycutt Puckett, I graduated in Goldsboro, North Carolina, because my mother was ill and I did not get to graduate with my class. We had to move. In between my junior year and senior year,
1: they drug me to North Carolina, but they still accept me just like they did. I'm Phyllis Elder Gamble, and what makes the class of 1970 so special is the friends that I made in high school I'm still friends with today.
4: This is Hal Baskin, and this was the best class. They
0: saved the best for last, uh, and we took Lanier out in style. Under Bibb County's new Freedom of Choice plan, ours was the first class to be integrated from junior high, which started in 8th grade then, all the way through high school. Our 8th grade class in the fall of 1965 would also be part of another first. Though the school's name was changed to Central and the nickname The Poets became the Chargers, the name Sugar Bear Band is still in use at Central as a fine arts magnet school today. The band director who ushered that nickname in during the 65-66 school year was the late Bob Barnett. In an archived interview, Mr. Barnett explained one of the reasons the Sugar Bear Band program was such a success for so long and continues to thrive
2: today. For 30 years I had one of the finest booster clubs in the country. and uh, The fellowship and the friendships that I established over the years, not just with my students, But the fact that I had some families that I had two and three students uh, come through the program. For example, if they had three kids that were more than four years apart, I had 12 years of that family's involvement in the program. And you establish a great, great relationship over that many years. And uh, over the years, uh, the Lord blessed me with so many wonderful kids. And I can't think of a year that I didn't really just look forward to going to work every every day
0: but just because you could play an instrument being in the sugar bear band was not an automatic the
2: kids had to bring me their report card every grading period the kids in the band had to do that so that we could maintain an academic excellent and so if they didn't pass the academic work then they were put on probation with my program and uh, if they continued to fail then they were demoted from the varsity band that back to the intermediate band of Beginning class, and that really gave them incentive to, to pass. And uh, you wouldn't believe how many grown ups have come up to me and said, that was the happiest time of my growing up and and if it hadn't been for band i wouldn't have made it to college because i wouldn't have passed everything in high school
0: bob barnett also took halftime shows to a whole new level in addition to the marching band the stage band or jazz band and the concert band there was also the band company under
2: the rotc program a lot of my colleagues over the state used to say oh don't you just hate having to do that rotc program and i said why no because we're ready at any given time during the year for a parade. If we have the president come town or whatever, you know we have a repertoire of everything you can imagine. And uh, as far as marching, we didn't have folks that marched out of step. Uh, we had that ROTC parade every Wednesday and uh, we knew exactly what the procedure was. We knew what was going on at Fort Benning because our military passenger view parades were the same as the regular army.
0: And as long as we're on the subject of music, whether it was in your car on the way to or from school, or cruising Shoney's on Riverside, or in the comfort of your own room, many of you will remember this sound. WNE Big X, Radio 14. The Big X was our station of choice in those days. Each night around 7.15, you might have tuned in for the top four show with the four biggest hits of the week. To recreate that legendary show and station, here are snippets of the four biggest songs during our senior year, starting with number four.
4: Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling Here it is! It's number 111
6: Number 111
0: Our principal at Lanier, Mr. Elton Wall, was the first Lanier graduate to become the school's principal. His widow, Mrs. Betty Wall.
6: He was captain of the football team two years before he graduated, you know, so he loved Lanier.
0: Mr. Wall had been a coach and teacher at Lanier.
6: He taught um, business law and economics when he was coaching. And he coached, you know, football and baseball.
0: And as principal of the school?
6: He was out from 65 to 79. He opened Morgan School in 60. You know, they built that. And he was out there for four years. And then they sent him back to Lanier. And of course, it could have been anything any better than that.
0: The low point of Mr. Wall's tenure at Lanier was the early morning fire in 1967 that destroyed the original building.
6: Oh, I can remember the night that they called the telephone, you know, rang and it was the middle of the night, about twelve one o'clock, and of course Elton and the boys got up and went up there. Boys that accumulated there rushed into the office and put, you know, brought out uh, records and things that that was. Important. They did bring the trophies out as well as records from the office.
0: And Mr. Wall's opinion of the military training at the school.
6: He loved the ROTC and we'd always go up, even I would go up and stand on the the bank and watch the review on Wednesdays. He thought the ROTC did so much for the boys, building character, and he loved to see these young men succeed. You know, he was all for them doing the best they could. And there was one word that he used sometimes. He'd hate to see somebody be sorry. <laughs> so.
0: Mrs. Wall was also a Bibb County educator.
6: Well, I taught first grade and we used to laugh and say I'd start them off and Elton would finish them up.
0: And to sum up Mr. Wall's days at Lanier as a student, a teacher, a coach, and a principal.
6: He loved Lanier. That's, that's the most I can say, you know. It was just home to him. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: Unlike Mr. Wall, Miller's principal, Mr. William Bell, was not originally from Macon. His widow, Mrs. Margaret Bell.
3: And he came from the big city of Maxis, Georgia, which is just a small town from Athens. He came as a teacher at Lanier Junior. And then he was there a couple of years and went to uh, Willingham was the first principal at Willingham Junior, and then from there he went to Miller Junior and Miller Senior, and then he went to Central, the complex, as principal.
0: And I had to ask Mrs. Bell if her husband liked being principal of an all-girls high school.
3: As far as I know, I mean, he didn't complain. I mean, it was a little different, you know, in dealing with boys, and, and but uh, he seemed to like it fine, no problem. He had to get on to him about wearing short skirts and things that he didn't like. He was very particular.
0: Mrs. Bell recalls how Mr. Bell functioned in the days before the computer age. He
3: took all the schedules for the students and did it himself. He would spread out the dining room table and all that. And I said, this is crazy. Margaret, this is something I have to do. And he would take it on vacation and we would do. It, he would do it down there i didn't understand that but anyway he was very efficient he wanted to have a special school of course some of the students would complain he would take them to their office and explain it and make them happy change whatever they wanted because he did it manually
0: mr bell was still principal at central when he passed away in 1995.
3: a teacher came in on that friday afternoon and uh said, Mr. Bell, I've had a rough day. He talked to him and tried to, you know, calm it down. He said, you go home this weekend and take time to smell the roses. And then he died that afternoon cutting grass.
0: Mrs. Bell never gets tired of hearing how former students felt about her husband.
3: I was at the wellness center not too long ago, and one of the young people came up to me and said, are you Mr. Bell's wife? Yes, I am. I want you to know that I think so much of him because he made something out of me. I was on the wrong track, and he took me in and talked to me, and now I am somebody, and I owe it to Mr. Bell. And that makes me happy, of course.
0: And before Mr. Wall passed away in the year 2000.
6: He would go to the store with me and talk to everybody up front while I grocery shopped, <laughs> because he loved to get out and talk to folks huh? and look for Lanier
0: graduate. We'll wrap up our Miller Lanier Class of 1970 50th Anniversary podcast with classmates telling some stories that perhaps you have forgotten or never heard before. And we start with the Smith twins.
1: One day I actually walked out on a date and he saw her and thought that she was there. So we've gotten ourselves in a lot of trouble. But as we've gotten older, it gets us in a lot of trouble. More so now than then.
0: Dale McDaniel Watts. I was
1: dating Johnny, my husband then. And this is when Lanier had the two different sections, morning and afternoon. And he must have been in the afternoon session at school because he would sneak me lunch. He would go buy pig specials and bring them to me and I would meet him out on one of the little patios and eat lunch and then sneak back in. and I didn't get caught, so I was pretty proud of that.
0: Claude Smith. My senior year, there were five of us that were able to take French at Miller, the girls' school, the fact that five of us walked every day over to Miller and had class with 300 girls was absolutely phenomenal
3: Hildred Jones uh, one of my teachers Mrs. Uh, Rita Long I used to love Miss Long she was a very nice very sweet lady Phyllis Elder Gamble
1: I got a new car when I turned 16 and on Sadie Hawkins day my daddy told me I couldn't take out a boy and I did and the keys got taken for six weeks
0: Steve MacArthur my time my brief time in the band just really enjoyed the going to the camp and playing for the military review that we had every week and and, in that kind of thing but uh just being part of that. Susan Honeycutt-Puckett.
1: I like the all-girls school because
3: when I had to move, I got thrown into a co-ed school and I had to roll my hair
1: and act a whole lot differently.
0: Beth Sutton.
1: One night we snuck out while I was campaigning for running for president student body and um, we painted a sign out there on Riverside Drive. It was called uh, Looney Golf. We were about 3 a.m. standing up on top of each other's shoulders to put, I'm putting for Sutton for President. <laughs> so what happened was it got put in the newspaper, and I thought I was going to get in trouble, but I did
0: Gerald Payton. Me and military never really got along real well, so I remember the tours I walked and a lot of that sort of thing. Debbie McDaniel Holmes.
1: One time we were in a parade out of town, and being the drum majorette in front of the whole band, I found out that I was out of step with the band and I had to hurry up and correct and fix it.
0: Ben Balcom. I guess the Lanier-Valdosta
4: football game Dan and Valdosta when we got beat, but Isaac's run down there, that was probably the one thing that really stands out.
0: This story from the combination of Carol rye Kennedy and Kathy Utley-Hanson.
1: All of the classes had mascots and we were the road runners. During Spirit Week, we'd always decorate our bicycles and we'd spend the night at John Lillian Hanson's grandmother's house and the next morning we'd all ride uh, down Hillcrest Avenue and Napier decked out with things all the way to school one morning and we won the Spirit Award
0: every year. And finally this comment that sums it all up.
1: This is us now. The last class of Miller Lanier High School and we're still making new
0: memories. And for the class of 1970 50th anniversary podcast, I'm Ben Sandifer.
2: let yeah. yeah.